This is a podcast from the Business Times. We've heard all the definitions. Active investing means a hands-on approach, usually by a portfolio manager, and passive investing involves less buying and selling, and you often just buy index funds or other mutual funds. While Sabrina Gan from Fidelity feels the only way to financial independence is active investing. Or maybe she meant actively invest. Hmm. Only way is to find out. Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips to help you on your money managing and wealth growing journey. I'm Howie Lim. Sabrina Gan is Fidelity International's head of Southeast Asia and country head of Singapore. So remember we talked about salary independence not too long ago. I mean, it's clearly different from financial independence. Or is it? Let's get the definition from Sabrina. Financial independence is basically financial freedom, but it can mean different things to different people. We often think about financial freedom as when an individual has accumulated enough wealth and assets to generate a sustainable passive income that covers their living expenses and financial goals. It can also be when one is no longer reliant on active employment or the need to work for income. The best way to achieve financial independence is to have alternative sources of income on top of a salary, and investing can help you achieve that. When one is embarking on this journey to financial independence, you must also consider various factors, such as the individual's desired lifestyle, living expenses, inflation, investment returns, and risk tolerance. I wonder how similar that is to the FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early movement, and others out there as well. And some feel... The either-or debate of active versus passive investing is moot anyway. Whether is it financial independence or FIRE, at the end of the day, I think the objective is to enjoy a good and successful life, and it can mean different things to different people. When it comes to FIRE, there is a focus on retiring early. However, retiring early is not a guarantee to a good life. When it comes to retiring early, time frame is just one aspect Another is the type of lifestyle you want to lead post your retirement and if you have the resources, social circle and energy to do so. Which is why when it comes to FIRE, it is important to also take into account one's financial position, debt, expenses, investment returns, income levels. It is also important to take into consideration other commitments an individual might have, like debt repayment or providing for a family or elderly parents. So at the end of the day, I think the key to a good life is not just about retiring early, but retiring well. Huh. So retiring well is the goal. Does it go hand in hand with active investing? Because maximizing one's investment returns won't be a priority for the wannabe retiree, but rather the reliability and sufficiency of the returns to meet their needs. Should we even continue with trying to answer this question? I think the first thing I would like to highlight is uh, regardless, be it active or passive, the moment you start investing, you are already on the right track. Taking that first step is the most important thing, and if you do that, you're already being actively engaged in the process. Now, how active you are on your investments is really down to your individual preference. There's no one-size-fits-all when it comes to active investing. So if you think about investing, the basic premise is we need to understand your goals, financial situation, and work towards a plan. Then how actively involved you want to be will be dependent on your interest level, the time that you have, and technical competence. So it's a bit like exercise and good health. We all know the importance of exercise and how it can lead to good health. For some people, they might need coaches or trainers to help them get started. And for others who are more physically inclined, they can come up with their own program as they are more interested in the latest development or have jobs that require them to keep up physically. 
So some active investors have high levels or, you know, at all three levels, while some might have high interest, but at a more basic level of technical competence, or some might have a lot of experience, but unfortunately, not enough time. So it's first very important to understand where you are and have an objective in mind of where you want to go, such as the level of involvement or how much time you want to put into studying the market. Again, we're hearing the whole, in order to get to where you want to go, you need to know where you are first. I mean, imagine calling someone to say you're lost and that you need help, but when they ask you, hey, where are you? You say, um, I don't know. I think if that is your starting point, back to the starting premise, you at the end of the day, you need to work out your goals first and then work towards that plan, right? I think once that is, and if you have determined your competence level to be lower compared to the rest, then I guess it's taking that first step in terms of getting at least that basic information. And I think there are lots of resources currently online or even your financial advisors that you can approach to just have at least a basic understanding to get to sort of like, how do you work out towards that plan? Yeah. Got it. But you know what? I'm going to try anyway. How does active investing better enable financial security in the long term than, say, passive investing? In this case, I think there are two distinctions in terms of the definition. What I've described earlier is in terms of how actively involved you are in terms of your investments. And what we're trying to say is that if you are already starting to think about investing, you're already being active. The second will be in terms of the difference between active and passive investing, or rather the mode of investing. And I think when it comes to that, it's not a either-or situation. We believe that active and passive investing has a place to play in every strategy, and it's important to have a balance of both. So choosing between the two, active or passive, is really dependent on your risk appetite, the level of investment maturity, as well as the nature of the markets that we're investing in. So for example, some more inefficient asset classes, like emerging markets or private markets where information is not widely available, it makes sense to take a more active and bottom-up approach. Where you can do your research, you try to seek to uncover investment opportunities that have the potential to deliver above-average returns. For more efficient markets, like the developed markets, it might make sense to adopt a passive approach as it is hard to beat the market and it is a low-cost way of investing. Still to come, we're all about savings these days, thanks to the high interest rate environment. How does that affect our journey to financial independence? More with Sabrina Gunn from Fidelity in a moment. In the next podcast episode of Editor's Talk, inspired by the Business Times column, Off the Record, we turn our attention to membership editors from the newsrooms of SPH Media. Hi, I'm Howie Lim, correspondent at the Business Times. In the next episode of Editor's Talk, I'll be sitting down with the Business Times' membership's editor. We find out what exactly he does and if he's just there for subscribers and how he works with the newsroom. Membership's editor at the Business Times, Dylan Tan, joins us next. Out August 14th, check in for the latest in Editor's Talk from the Business Times podcast's team. And now, back to Money Hacks from the Business Times. So, for the risk-averse who feel vindicated with their money safely in, say, fixed deposits and other low-risk investments, what should they do? It doesn't feel as though active investing would sit well with them. When it comes to saving, it is a good thing, and they definitely have a role to play in one's investment playbook. It's important to always have 6 to 12 months of your salary in savings to tide you through or over an event of an emergency or unforeseen circumstance. But sometimes you can have too much of a good thing 
as cash rates are actually always lower than inflation. Because of this, too much of your money in savings will actually be a drag on your overall retirement fund. I would recommend having a balance of different strategies that could potentially give you higher returns as well. Huh. Are we questioning then these high-yield savings and low-risk investments? At the end of the day, in terms of the mix of assets or investments that investors should have, really depends on their overall risk appetite and also investment time frame. Yeah, so I would say there's no one-size-fits-all. And also given that markets evolve over time, what might outperform in the last 5 or 10 years might not be what will deliver the same returns going forward. So that's why it's important to sort of like consider all these different aspects before deciding on your portfolio. The inflationary environment has caused quite a bit of stress for many, which then points to risk aversion for some and knee-jerk reactions in others. The main advice I would give to investors is to remain calm, be patient and stay focused on their investment plan. So markets are cyclical in nature and this is not the first time we are going through a high inflationary environment if you think back in the 70s and early 80s. It is just that we had many years of low interest rates and inflation. So this means asset classes which might have done well might not be able to repeat the same performance and there might be new asset classes, for example real assets, which might do better during inflationary periods. So the advice I would give is to stay invested and be patient, also to look out for bright spots in the market. Some analysts have become concerned with the whole FOMO behaviour, fear of missing out that they've been witnessing since the pandemic abated some and people can travel and be out again. I would say the behaviour that could be concerning and also getting into your way of building towards a good retirement portfolio eventually is probably the lack of a long-term mindset and being too emotional. This whole YOLO concept, you want to you know, have that instant gratification now. And also oftentimes when you are emotional, so for example, if you are fearful about the markets or basically what's happening out there in terms of the news flow, could be war, inflation, and that's where you tend to sometimes not want to invest, not want to engage in that process. And typically, as studies have shown, you tend to miss out the best days of investing because that's where markets are quite low. And on the other hand, when you get too greedy, when there's too much greed and you want to chase the market, join in the bandwagon, that can also be quite dangerous because you tend to actually invest at the peak of the markets. That's where you might potentially lose more money at that point in time. So I would say this sort of behaviour, that lack of long-term mindset and being too emotional, might get into your way in terms of having that good retirement pot at the end of the day. Wealth building is never an easy or simple endeavour. The things one discovers about themselves can be difficult to face and overcome. But build our wealth we must. So I take the same approach to wealth building as I do investing. It's about consistency. It's often less about what you invest, but when and for how long you invest. So think about wealth building and investing in a context of having a healthy diet and how it leads to better health. So supercharging your diet by taking a ton of vitamins at the late stage and eating really clean every so often will not be as beneficial to your body as having a consistent, balanced, healthy diet over a long-term period. So another tip I will give is to have a long-term mindset. So you've got to give wealth building time and not to be too anxious or rush things as that will also have their own pitfalls. Yeah, yeah, we're always hearing it's never too late to start and everything. Really? It did back to that health analogy, right? So it doesn't mean that you have been having a unhealthy lifestyle today, you can't start doing something. So obviously, if you have the time, it's good. But if you want to start today, it's never too late. You can still take the opportunity to look at what you have. But again, no matter what age, it's always going down to what is your plan. So you could be 40 years old, 60 years old. And bear in mind, longevity has also increased. 
So that mindset that, you know, I only have 10 to 20 years might not hold, right? So have a plan in terms of the next 10 to 20 years, what you want to achieve. And from there, look at your pot. Whatever that you have, do you think that is able to sustain your lifestyle based on what you see in the cash? I mean, of course, cash is good right now, but cash rates will always never stay that high level at all times. And if you have sort of like the gap, when cash rates are a bit lower, then what do you need to do, right? What kind of assets? Then again, it boils down to your risk appetite. How much loss you are willing to take over a short period of time in terms of planning. But I will say no matter what the age, there will always be something that's suitable to your investment profile. Look, I'll admit I'm risk averse and no spring chicken. I probably have a shorter runway and less time to allow investments to recover. It does cause some anxiety. And yes, yes, I'm trying not to look at my investments all the time and freak out unnecessarily. You're right in the sense that the runway is definitely shorter compared to someone who is younger. Having said that, precisely because you're at the retirement stage, you can't afford to take too much risk with your retirement portfolio. So if you have the mindset, I have a short time, so I should think about how to max it out. The volatility, that means the ability to achieve high returns, also comes with the pitfall of that drawdown. If let's say you hit you know, at the wrong market cycle. So I will say if you are of that stage, it's probably still better to think about that whole risk tolerance time frame and think about what would be the right mix of assets. And typically, what we have seen for some of the investors at that stage might be looking at more balance with a mix of equities and fixed income in that portfolio. Have a long-term mindset and stay focused on your investment plan. Thanks to Sabrina Gan, Fidelity International's Head of Southeast Asia and Country Head of Singapore. So looks like the question of active versus passive investment with regard to financial independence remains unanswered. After all, one person's passive or one person's active is another person's poison. This has been Money Hacks. From The Business Times, I'm Howie Lim. This is a podcast by The Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.